Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Friday, December the 4th of 2020. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you are tuning in from. What a delight and what a pleasure and honor to have you join us today as we study the Word of God. Nothing more better than to be able to fellowship, than to be able to glean from the Word of God. And we consider this such an important time, really, of our daily lives, to stay connected with the Word of God, to study it for ourselves, but also to realize the the honor and the necessity of coming together with people of like faith that are hungry, just as you are, we are hungry for the things of God. Today we're going to get into the Word of God right before we get into the weekend, and we are excited. We've had a tremendous time in the Word of God in the big book of Thessalonians. Yesterday we were in the book of um, Isaiah and just studying the things concerning the coming of the Lord. Nothing much more needed uh, in this hour. Today joining us in our panel is Brother Marty and Brother Fernando, and as always it is an honor to be able to study the Word of God together. So we leave it to you today, Brother Marty, on this Friday as we continue our study in the Word to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. We're looking forward to today's study as we continue to explore what the Lord has been leading in us in all week, really, which is uh, is laying the foundation, as we did on Monday and Tuesday, uh, for what lies ahead uh, for the church, uh, and yet a comforting word at the same time, because even though we know and sense that we're headed into certain kinds of of uncertain and very uh, volatile days ahead, literally days, um, we also have the comfort of the scripture, which teaches us that when you begin to see these things, Jesus said, uh, look up for your redemption draws near. And that is what we're exploring. And, and we're looking forward to today's study as we continue along that vein, we're looking now in in deeper ways into the, the writings of the prophets as it pertains to end-time things. Um, we're not just merely studying them to study them. We really feel, and we say this very humbly so, that we're being led by the Spirit because these days have begun. And going forward, they're going to become more and more increasingly apparent to, to, to others uh, just precisely what, what times we find ourselves in. So today, we're as, we, as Brother Jeremy talked about yesterday, we explored the book of Isaiah with that in mind. But uh, today, we're going to be coming to you from the book of the prophet Daniel. So I want to look over today at the book of the prophet Daniel. I'm going to have Brother Jeremy, if he would, uh, turn over to Daniel, the prophet Daniel, chapter 9. And we're going to begin, uh, we're going to read this these scriptures, and we'll return to them uh, after a few remarks and, 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 and leading up to that point. But so we pray that you'll be blessed. Grab your Bibles, cup of coffee, whatever it is you're doing, and uh, sit down for a little bit as uh, as we begin today's um, podcast. Uh, today's title will be called, I Understood by Books. I Understood by Books. So Brother Jeremy, if you would, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, could you read to us verse 1 through verse 3 of Daniel chapter 9 as we begin our studies today. Amen. In the first year of Darius, the son of Asher, Asher, Asherus, of the seed Asher. of the Medes, 
<laughs> okay, let's let's say that again. A ha- you said Hasserus? Yes, Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus. Thank you, Brother yes. Buddy. It's not an easy Let me one. Read that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tongue twister. Here we go. Let's read it again from the beginning. In the first right. year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Am I... Daniel said there in verse 2, I, Daniel, understood by books. And the result of that is he said what he understood caused him to set his face unto the Lord God and to seek by prayer, supplication, and with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Today we're going to talk about what it is that Daniel had had received uh, and how he came to understand what he understood. And as we explored yesterday... <clears throat> Great revelation was given the prophet Isaiah concerning the end times and the revelation of the falling away of the church, which makes way for the appearance of the prophesied son of perdition, the man of sin that Paul referred to in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. And we encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's podcast to fill it, uh, you know, bring yourself up to speed if you're just joining us. But Isaiah revealed uh, concerning the man of sin that he would have a transition. This is the Antichrist he was revealing back in, in his day as the Lord gave it to him. He revealed that he would have a transition from a political figure into one that would become known as the Assyrian, the Assyrian. And, and, and he, would, he would change or, or be into this, this political figure. He would change into becoming... Isaiah called him the Assyrian. Paul calls him the man of sin. We know him today as the Antichrist. Now, Isaiah also revealed uh, a global reset. We're using that language because that's what they're talking about today, but that's basically what Isaiah revealed. There would be a global reset which would result in the enslavement of the whole world up under a draconian uh, system. And and it, but also he revealed that it would be it would begin that generation that would see it would, would also know that this is the beginning of the culmination of of history really and with the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of it and and he's coming to destroy that wicked one as Isaiah said to destroy his dark kingdom and to rescue the elect that's what Jesus called called the church made up of Jew and Gentile in Matthew 24, which we looked at on Wednesday. But today we want to continue exploring these events from the writings of the prophet Daniel. As we said earlier in the week, uh, we were going to go into a little bit deeper studies as we go along, as God is beginning to open up these things. And when when we explore Daniel's writings, what we're going to see is that great patterns and revelations emerge, and really the veil of obscurity begins to lift as the Holy Spirit shines his light on extraordinary things that are now beginning 
and they're now beginning to be revealed to the church. For we really do believe, according to the scriptures, that the times have arrived and we have entered those days. And so with that in mind, I want to begin today, um, as we search today, in the book of Daniel, understanding of our times. And we're going to see some pretty extraordinary things if the Holy Spirit would grant us that grace today. So settle in as we begin our study today. And, and with that in mind, uh, Brother uh, Jeremy, would you turn over to <clears throat> to the book of Daniel, chapter 8? We'll make our way back to chapter 9, but we're going to have to explore some really interesting things here. And I think it'll, it'll be a blessing, and it should uh, begin to open up some understanding to us of where we are. So, <clears throat> Brother Jeremy, could you read to us uh, first uh, verse 1? Of Daniel chapter 8 yes in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar a vision appeared unto me even unto me Daniel after that which appeared unto me at the first so Daniel's talking about several visions that he had but but here in, in Daniel chapter 8 we begin to have something very interesting pointed out to us the vision uh, of the eighth chapter that he's about to have, it, it first begins um, by having something that he calls in verse 5. Can you read verse 5 to us, Brother Jeremy, so we can put this in context yes. there? And as I was considering, behold, an he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth, and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. So what Daniel goes on to reveal there is that he begins to have this vision. And what he now is beginning to see is what he describes as the great he-goat and a horn between its eyes. He, as the chapter will go on, what he's actually first having revealed to him there is the coming of the, of the Greek empire, Alexander the Great. Uh, in this particular vision that Daniel's given, he sees him first as, as a he-goat and and so what's interesting, though, and what we want to understand is, is what we're going to see, and it's going to require you to, to really focus and, and, and hear with your spiritual ears, and I know that you will, because the, the prophet Daniel, in many ways, is a foreshadow of, of the last day church. And, the, and we'll see that more clearly as we go along and, and as the Holy Spirit begins to un, unlock these patterns that we're going to see today. Because we're looking for the patterns, the shape, the types, the shadows, and the metaphors. But more than that, we're going to bear down on what was actually revealed and why we see the pattern of the end-time church in it. Remember, to Daniel, it was said that not everything that was being revealed to him was being revealed exclusively for his times. But they were meant for that far-flung future uh, upon which uh, it would be called not just the last days, but the end of time. And so I want to draw your attention first and foremost here, <clears throat> because it's very interesting, but the eighth chapter begins uh, the revelation of the coming of the Antichrist. But there's something very interesting, because Daniel points out that when he actually received the vision of the coming of the Antichrist uh, and, and the unfolding history before the Antichrist would make his appearance, he identifies the actual year when he had the vision. Can you read that again, Brother Jeremy, verse 1? Yes. In the third year of the reign 
of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. Now, there's something interesting I want to point out because Belshazzar, if you remember, uh, was the final king uh, that would uh, be ruling in Babylon just before Babylon was destroyed. And you can read an account of that in Daniel chapter 5. So what's interesting, though, is that Daniel chapter 5, which is the account of the the handwriting on the wall, and we'll, maybe we'll look at that in a second here, but he 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 records the destruction of Babylon before he actually records the eighth chapter where he has a vision. Now, listen, in chapter 8, verse 1, as Brother Jeremy just read, a clue is being given to us there by the Holy Spirit. He reveals that, and what Daniel reveals is that is that it was in the third year of King Belshazzar when the vision that's about to unfold to him, which has to do with the end of time, it was given to him just prior to the destruction of Babylon. And again, like we said, the prophet Daniel is a foreshadow of the end time church. Now remember that as we go along because it will help you to see. Again, chapter 8 is going to reveal to us the Antichrist. And, and and why this is important is because, as we'll go along, we'll see Daniel identifies the year of the reign of the king, Belshazzar, in order to draw our attention to something uh, by the presence and the spirit of the Lord, to understand something and, and, and how it links and ties together what is ultimately revealed in a much larger extent in the book of Revelation when it refers to the destruction of of Babylon as well. Now, why this is important is because the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar is right near the end. Right near the end. Let's turn over there. I don't confuse too many people. Take a look at this in Daniel uh, chapter 5. Can you turn over there, Brother Jeremy? Yes. So notice what Belshazzar is doing. Now, first remember where we started in Daniel chapter 8, verse 1. Daniel identifies the vision that we're about to, to, to explore at length here. He identifies it as occurring in the third year of Belshazzar. Now, when we go back to chapter 5, uh, what we're about to witness is the destruction of Babylon. And when you do a historical study, what you'll find out is that uh, this king Belshazzar only reigned about uh, anywhere between uh, uh, three and four years. So it's about a year or maybe less, Daniel chapter 8, when this king uh, is about to be judged. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, uh, in verse 1 and 2? Yes. Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princess, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. <laughs> now I'm really gonna 
I'm really going to challenge some of you out there right now, but but be patient and, and prayerfully meditate on the things we're going to say here. Understand that, that again, what we're being seen here in, in Chapter 5 is very interesting because what we have revealed to us here is this King Belshazzar, he's having this, this great feast on really the last night that he'll be alive. But verse 2, what Brother Jeremy just, just read, what brings about his ultimate destruction is that he takes the golden and silver vessels out of the out of the treasuries that his father Nebuchadnezzar had captured when he destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. And he, he begins to use the holy instruments of God's house uh, and integrate them in this party that he's having uh, on the final night of, of, of the Babylonian Empire. And in many ways, what's being revealed by that is is what John calls in the book of Revelation um, the full expression of it called Mystery Babylon. And so when Daniel uh, in chapter 8 tells us that the vision that he has of the Antichrist is in the third year of this Belshazzar that we just read about in chapter 5, it is approximately uh, a little uh, less than one year before that great nation Babylon would be brought down and 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 judged and what precipitates its ultimate judgment is it takes the holy vessels of God and begins to incorporate it within its absolute idolatrous and compromised um society and culture and so what you had in in a sense was a merging of the holy vessels of God with idolatry and 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 in in many ways it becomes in a sense a corrupted reflection of a false uh gentile ecumenical type uh ungodly uh spiritual system ruled uh by a a prince called Belshazzar who's just about to be judged as a result of the absolute uh blasphemous uh um, you know, mixing of the holy with the unholy. Understand what we're witnessing is the transition of kingdoms, great powers from one power to another. And so when we go back to chapter 8, if you would, Brother Jim, this is why it's important to understand it from this point of view, because Daniel has this vision of Daniel chapter 8, verse 1, uh, in the third year of the reign of Belshazzar. So we're one year away from the event we were just describing in chapter 5. Why this is important is because <laughs> is because what it appears to be telling us, if you have ears to hear, is that there will be a church that finds itself just prior to the destruction of Mystery Babylon, who will begin to have an understanding given to it that a transition is about to be taking place on the global stage that will necessitate the destruction of one kingdom in order to make way for the coming Antichrist. Any comments, brothers? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm kind of feeling what people might be thinking out there, but go ahead. Anything to say? Don't all jump in at once. All right. Are you there? Yes, no, this this is good, Brother Marty. Keep keep going. I'm I'm writing notes. That's what I'm doing. Okay. All right. So <laughs> understand God. again, the prophet is a foreshadow of the end time church, and you have to understand it from that point of view. What he's about to reveal in chapter eight again is the Antichrist. 
and and so he you know you can read that on your own time but let's let's just fast forward based on what i was just telling you now understand what what was just what we were just discussing it's it's important to understand that when daniel reveals the actual year when he had this vision again we emphasize it's one year before the transition of a global empire which will be defeated which is represented by the babylonian empire and king belshazzar here and it will be brought down the bringing down of this mystery Babylon, so to speak, will cause the full expression of the global reset to take place. Daniel perceives this and is given a vision of this one year before it happens. That's why he identifies the year, because the Holy Spirit in this way is is revealing, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, that there is going to be in the future, which we believe is now, the bringing down of a Babylonian-type kingdom. And it's going to be known to the saints of God that this event is right on the doorstep. Because remember, Belshazzar, the final king of Babylonian's empire, um, (laughs) Daniel gets the vision one year before the ultimate destruction of, of him and that empire. So what we are being told here by the Spirit is that an alert is going to come into the community of of the Daniel type church at the end, if you will, that will begin to know in advance that what is actually happening as the global powers of, uh, of the end time begin to move and, and shift and, and one power goes away, new powers are coming. It's, it's being revealed as it was to Daniel that, that that is about to take place. And what it's leading to is what we're going to look at right now. So turn over to Daniel chapter eight. Verse. Go ahead, brother. That's, that's powerful, Brother Marty, and, and we see uh, uh, cycles of this. Uh, for example, before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was revealed mm-hmm. unto Abraham. Before the yes. before the flood came, it was revealed unto Noah. Uh, so mm-hmm. we see this pattern uh, that is that is seen, and, and I think it's very powerful. The example we're using of Daniel, how Babylon mm-hmm. was destroyed right before this new kingdom was established. Because it yeah. ties, I mean, that, which is what you're saying. It ties exactly with this Babylonian spirit that's move, you know, that's moving, and uh, it's the, the same is going to happen for the saints of God. And, and as you told us from the beginning, to keep in mind uh, that Daniel is a foreshadow of of, of the end time church. So uh, this is a pattern that we see. That's what I'm trying to say in the Word of God. God reveals these things to His servants before they happen. Yes, he reveals these things to his servants. And those are really good examples of the days of Noah, days of Lot, because they tie right in with what Jesus taught, right, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot. In this particular case, I'm going to take it a little further, because when you uh, begin to dig into uh, historically and and just by the scriptures, how Babylon came down. See, they're having this party (laughs) in Daniel chapter 5. They are a nation uh, that ruled, and and the apex. Ah, oh Lord, help me here. The apex of that Babylonian empire really lasted a generation, seventy years. It, it reached its height in a generation, and and what became its identifying? Uh, well, not identifying, but what's the right word? What became its its chief? Uh, reflection in the end 
I mean, what you could really see by looking at it in Daniel chapter 5 is that it, its final expression was one of, of complete idolatry and debauchery and cultural um, decline mixed with the holy vessels of the temple of God. So in many ways, it, 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 it foreshadows a, a, an empire at the end of time that, it, that is called in the book of Revelation, Mystery Babylon, who once it reaches the point that it, it mixes the holy with the unholy, is standing on the brink of its ultimate destruction. It had to be moved out of the way in order to make way for what Daniel's about to reveal. And when he reveals it in chapter 8, verse 1, he reveals it from the perspective of, I had this vision of the coming, uh, you know, he-goat and the little horn and the antichrists, which we'll see here in a minute. I had it one year before the destruction of Babylon. And so what we are being taught by the Spirit of God here in these metaphors and, and what the book of Revelation enlarges upon is there will be a removing of what is called mystery Babylon. And we've been over this before. And when you go and read the characteristics, I believe it's Revelation 18, 17, and 18, when you read the characteristics of Mystery Babylon, she is an ultimate, she comes to rest, or the spirit of Babylon comes to rest on a particular nation that's bordered by two large bodies of water or oceans. She sits upon the waters. She's also a consumer-driven nation, wherein she has consumed most of the, the world's goods, and she is in league with the merchants of the world. She is one that ultimately in the book of Revelation is writing uh, what the Bible describes as the beast, and the beast will hate her, and the beast will burn her with fire. And a transition of power then takes place in the book of Revelation from mystery Babylon to exclusively that beast kingdom that the Bible's been predicting would come. So when Daniel reveals this in Daniel chapter 8, verse 1, he wants us by the Holy Spirit to pay attention precisely to when the vision was given. Because what he's trying to tell us, subsequently the end-time church that would be alive, reflecting on the writings that were revealed to Daniel at that time, that it is not without note that they're connected. That's why he emphasizes the year in which he had the vision, because it's absolutely just one year before the ultimate destruction of the Babylonian Empire. And then comes the revelation of the Antichrist. I think what we're being told by the Spirit of God here is that, is that there will be a transition of power. And just before that power takes place, very soon before the transition of that global power takes place, it's going to be revealed to God's people, represented by, by, by the prophet Daniel here, at that time of the end, that we are just ahead of, or, or we're just days or, or very soon about to see the appearance of that wicked one that the Bible has been predicting, along with that global state that the Bible said would finally make its uh, its appearance in the end of time. Is that clear? Or at least am I expressing myself? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So so listen. <laughs> so then, you know, you, I'll encourage you guys to read the rest of it. We're going to go right up to Daniel chapter 8, verse 15. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy? 8, 15. Yes. And it came to pass, when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning, then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. 
Yeah, so notice what he begins to have revealed to him. And I encourage you guys to go, because we ain't got time in this format to go through all these verses, verse 1 through 14. But as you'll see, um, he begins to have this vision of, of, of the he-goat that we talked about, which represents Alexander the Great. And then by the time he gets to uh, verse 9, he begins to identify something else he sees. Can you read verse 9, Brother Jeremy? Yes. It says, uh, And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And, and then it says, And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and of the stars and of the ground, and he stamped upon them. He magnified himself even to the prince of the host. He's talking about the Lord Jesus there. And by the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. So Daniel is having an overview of what we will discuss as we go forward, but he's beginning to see in vision and sense, as it's being made plain to him again in the third year, uh, one year before the destruction of the Babylonian Empire, he begins to see all the way down through history to the one known in verse 9 as the little horn. It begins to be revealed to him that that little horn is coming. And and so that is what we're beginning to see emerge. When Daniel saw this vision, as Brother Jeremy just read in verse 15, he begins to seek for the meaning. I, Daniel, verse 15, it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and and sought for the meaning. What we're being taught here is that there's going to be. Now, listen. Uh, from this point on, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and you know say you know anything other than what the Lord's given me. So I, I just want you who are out there that have spiritual ears, listen. I'm not gonna keep re-emphasizing that you need spirituality to hear this, because we're taking it from the Scripture. It's not some you know crazy you know, hard to, to grasp thing. If, you're, if you've been with us, you know what we're talking about. Now listen, what we're talking about now is that when this vision was given, it was just before the destruction of, of the Babylonian Empire. A transition of power is about to be taken, taking place. And so what we're learning from verse 15 is there will be a Daniel-like church in the end of time. And that what will begin to happen to them is they will begin to have revealed to them by the Spirit of the Lord, exactly what we're talking about. Remember what we talked about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that there would be a falling away first, then that wicked one will be revealed. So this is what we're seeing here by the Spirit, a pattern emerging. Daniel is, is seeing the falling away in the form of Belshazzar and the party they were having in Babylon on the night they were destroyed the mixing of the holy vessels of God with the unholy in that nation brought it down. But a year before that occurred, he has this vision. There's a sense that something's coming. And when he begins to sense the moving of the spirit represented by this vision of the little horn, the coming Antichrist, he begins to seek the meaning. See, this is going to be a vital and necessary component for us right now, all of us in the church all the Daniels out there, so to speak. We cannot allow it to, to uh, we cannot sit passively by in spiritually prophetic times. This is what we learn from this. Daniel sought the meaning. 
for those of you that are being stirred out there, for those of you that sense a troubling in the waters, for those of you who really understand that what we are witnessing in 2020 is not like anything that we have seen in the last 2,000 years, really, because what we are experiencing now is global. And, and, and we are moving headlong into a, a transition of power. And, and, and all the world's forces have come against one kingdom. It's quite possible that we're entering into the same prophetic flow that Daniel reveals here. Ahead of the absolute destruction of it and the bringing down of its influence and power, precisely because it has mixed the holy with the unholy. Its days are up. And it actually, when you reflect on the Babylonian Empire of that time, it only lasted 70 years. And when you actually begin to do a historical research of our time, I wonder if there's a nation that might be similar to that and if it has reached its apex. Because when Babylon was brought down, remember this, when you do a, a, a study of history and the Persian Empire came in that night and destroyed Babylon, what we learned from how the, the actual nation was brought down was that they were, they were systematically sneaking into the great city of Babylon uh, through the tunnels and through hidden access points, through the waterways, so that when the absolute destruction came, it was as if they opened their eyes and realized we're surrounded by enemies, and we didn't even know that they had snuck in. That pattern is repeating itself for you who have ears to hear. It's, it's a year before the ultimate uh, you know, gavel came down on that Babylonian empire that Daniel has this vision we're talking about. And by this, we know again and emphasize again that what the Spirit of God is saying is that in advance of that, there is going to be a Daniel-like company, if you will, or church, if you will, of, of sincere seekers. Daniel had it revealed to him in a vision. We have the Spirit within our hearts as well that has been troubling the, the waters of our own uh, innermost being we have sensed it coming now what we learn from daniel in verse 15 is how to react to this this is why it's so vital that we need to be uh seeking god right now you know and, and let him have his way in our life he, daniel teaches us here in verse 15 i daniel had seen the vision and so i began to seek for the meaning and then he says once i set myself to seek for the meaning he said Behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. So in other words, when he seeks the meaning, suddenly a messenger appears to him, really a, a representative of, of God, the Holy Spirit. Gabriel, uh, the, the angel, uh, came. Can you read that in verse 16, Brother Jeremy? Yes. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Ulai, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. And so he he has an angel and the voice commanding the angel to make this plain. We now have the Holy Spirit, but it's the same sense that we're getting here. The, the, the man doesn't show up, now, neither does the voice come commanding that understanding be given to Daniel until first Daniel seeks for the meaning. There are those of you out there that have no idea what's going on. 
or even you talk to your friends, let's say you do know what's going on, and you talk to your friends, your family, even your fellow church members, and you try to tell them what you feel and sense, and they have no clue what you're talking about, precisely because they haven't taken the time to seek the meaning for what is actually happening right now. They have no reference point. But what we learn from Daniel is the aggressive nature that's going to be really necessary at these moments. If we will seek, the answers will come. So this is what we see. As soon as he seeks for the meaning, he says, behold, the meaning was there. And the same will happen for you and for me. And is happening. So verse 17 <laughs> what we begin to see and why I say that Daniel's a type of that end time church is precisely what was revealed to him concerning what he was seeing. Read verse 17 to us, brother Jeremy, would you? So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. So that's a, that's a solid point in our thesis today. As we're being led by the Spirit, we prayerfully say that what Daniel, when we say he's a type of the end-time church, this is why. Because what was first revealed to him in verse 17 is what you have seen is actually for the time of the end. And so <clears throat> that is why we enter into the same uh, seeking and why we are we are searching for meaning because he was being told that what you have just seen concerning this he goat, the little horn, and all that stuff, he's saying uh, it, it is for the time of the end. And again, this occurred one year before the destruction of the Babylonian Empire. And so, again, what we're saying is that the Spirit of God has begun the one year. <laughs> I don't know if I can go that far. The Spirit of God began. To, uh, over the last several years, really, but in earnest, I believe 2020 is a watershed moment in prophetic depth of, of revelation. It is interesting where our country finds itself right now. I'm just going to say it uh, is is almost a year, uh, almost at the end of the year, and what is being contested over is 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 the balance of power on a global scale. And what we have found, if you can hear, is that the enemy has crept in unaware, and it could very well be we are on the eve of something I, I won't even speak. I'll just let the Holy Spirit speak it. But what has led it to this point is very much similar to what happened to the bringing down of the kingdom of Babylon in the time of Belshazzar, in that he took the holy and he mixed it with the unholy. And when that happened, a year after Daniel had this vision, they came down. It reached an apex with that very act. If you've been paying attention, the same thing has happened in our time. Now listen, again, he takes him all the way and says, what you are being shown, Daniel, concerns the very end of time. Now, could you read verse 18 and 19 to us, Brother Jeremy? Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he touched me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last 
end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. Very fascinating what we see here. It almost in many ways uh, harkens to the parable of the ten virgins. Because once he has seen this vision, uh, and then he's told it is for the time of the end, it is so interesting to me that he has to be woken up after he's told. Because he says he's in a deep sleep, right? And, yeah. and and his face is toward the ground. In many ways, many of us have been woken up, <laughs> just as Daniel was woken up. And and when Daniel was woken up, what he was what he what he was told in verse 19, is is I will make you know what's actually about to happen. And in his case, what's going to, he was telling him, I'm going to make you know what's going to happen in the end, but the same thing is happening now. We are going to be made to know by the Holy Spirit, even like the Lord's wise virgins, when they woke up, right, they were made to know. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Oh, I don't know if you can feel that, but I feel that. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, yes. Can you see any any comments? All right, let's keep going. So take a look. So when he's awoken in verse nineteen, he's he's being told, I'm gonna make you know what's going to happen. And 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 the, and then he gives him a broad overview. And and we want to bear down on what he was shown because that's what's about to be shown and is being shown. And, and, and more and more is going to be made known to the Daniel-like church in this hour that is setting themselves to seek understanding and meaning during the times, one year before the destruction of Babylon. Would you read to us, Brother Jeremy, um, verse 23 through 26, and let's see what was made known to him. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, Shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. So he was told there that what I've just told you, <clears throat> you need, you, you know, the vision is closed uh, until the time of the end. Because what I've just showed you, he says, is for the far-flung future. And it is why we apply the, the beginning from the end uh, biblical uh, principle that's given to us in Isaiah 46, right? I declare the end from the beginning. Daniel is functioning as an end-time church, even though the historical narrative is correct. What's being revealed, we have already read several scriptures, is concerning the end of the, of time. <clears throat> now, again, we emphasize this chapter 8 
is identified as occurring in the third year of Belshazzar, approximately a full year before the transition of power is going to take place. The removing of the Babylonian Empire as a, as a global power will give way to this vision. And so what's being told by the Spirit of the Lord is, to Daniel is that the removing of a future Babylonian-type empire will give way and make way for the coming of the one he calls the king, in verse 23, of fierce countenance. He says it's in the latter time of their kingdom when the transgressors are come to full. Verse 23, a king of fierce countenance, understanding dark sentences, shall stand up. It's very interesting because now he's beginning to describe the Antichrist. And again, I feel like I have to bear down on this point. Understand this vision is being given ahead of time. And, and it's identified as being something that will happen in the future. But how it's given is vital to understand for our times. It is one year before the transition of one global empire to the next. The next global empire that's revealed to Daniel that will be manifested is that Antichrist that is coming. And so what we need to be looking for is the transition of a Babylonian-like power in the end of time. And that what we will see is that just prior to its fall, and its removal from the world stage as a global power just prior to that, not many, 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 many days ahead, but it will suddenly become aware. Because remember, Daniel's vision was one year, just one year. It, all, it was only one year, but it was one year before the actual event took place. And it was during that year that he had that, that year uh, that he would have this vision in the third year. And then one year later, it's over. But it was in that time that he sees it's going to come down, and this one called the King of Fierce Countenance will arise, the Antichrist. Now, he identifies him as this incredible uh, political leader, and he calls him uh, one who understands dark sentences. So what we, what we are going to see is a man uh, arise on the political stage that has incredible ability <clears throat> to navigate himself amongst the most perplexing problems and political speak, so to speak. There's nothing that he can't figure out. And he'll have a brazen look to his face. It's really interesting, right? He's called the king of fierce countenance. Now, What's interesting is what we looked at yesterday. Remember when we were talking about what Isaiah revealed? Isaiah calls him the Assyrian, right? And and what he revealed about him is that he 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 thinks that he's just <laughs> a regular political leader, and it's really not in his heart to be this way. But then he transitions and becomes the Antichrist. We see the same thing here in verse twenty-four. Can you read verse twenty-four, brother Jeremy? And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. So what we're seeing here is, is, is again, Scripture, uh, clarifying Scripture. The same thing is revealed to us in the book of Revelation. It, much more is added to it. As a matter of fact, 
we really can't understand the book of Revelation in its fullness unless we understand the book of Daniel. And, and, and so listen to this. We talked about this transition. See, this political figure, which I believe is on the world stage right now, and I think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. I think that's why so many things are being uh, proclaimed so blatantly and brazenly in our face, right? Before we began the uh, the podcast today, Brother Jeremy was sharing. Uh, tell, tell me what you were sharing, Brother, about the CDC. Yeah, they proposed, they just proposed a universal uh, mask wearing everywhere, inside, outside, with the exception when you are in your own home. Other than that, Wherever you find yourself, you must have a mask. This is, and what caught my attention is a universe, is the word universal uh, mask wearing uh, proposition. Which is interesting, right? Because the Centers for Disease Disease Control is an American-run institution. Mm -hmm. And yet Mm -hmm. they're making proclamations that, uh, that are global in nature, right? Universally. They want it to go all over the world. See, these 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 global <clears throat> ideas are are coalescing now, and you're beginning to hear this kind of of uh, you know in your face whether it's Klaus Schwab and the the uh, the fourth industrial revolution or his book called COVID nineteen and the global reset he's the leader of the World Economic Forum all these things are happening, and it is a move and a push toward a a completely enslaved planet, uh, a draconian, dystopian future, right? I mean, that's what they're looking at. And, and and this is what Daniel is revealing, that one particular individual is going to be the one that leads the whole thing. But what's interesting in verse 24 is that, he, and his power shall be mighty. But then it says this in verse 24, but not by his own power not by his own power. So he's he has a strength but it's but when he becomes this antichrist it is not by his own power. Something happens to him. We talked about that uh in in type and shadow when we reflected on Judas, the one who's called the son of perdition. When we talked about how the Bible teaches us at the last supper at the Passover the last Passover Jesus shared with his disciples that when Judas was given that piece of bread or dipped the sop in the same dish as the Lord and ate from it, it says right there that Satan entered into him, which is really an interesting thing that's revealed there because we gain information there that Judas is Judas. He's a thief, as John identified him. He held the bag, economics. But it required satanic assistance to do what he was actually going to do which was to come against the Lord himself at the level that he did. Now, it's the same idea, because what Daniel is revealing here is that this political figure who understands dark sentences becomes mighty and powerful, but it's not by his own strength. An additional power will be given to him, and that's why he says it is not by his own power. Well, what is that? Well, we know from Revelation chapter 9. Would you read that to us, Brother Jeremy? Chapter 9, verse 11. Yes. It says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. 
but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Amen. So this particular spirit in the end of time, which is, we believe, our time, is coming. He's going to be loosed out of the bottomless pit. He's called the destroyer. He's called Apollyon. He's called Abaddon. And he takes possession of the Antichrist. He goes in to perdition. That's how the Bible describes it in Revelation chapter 17. It is what Daniel is being showed here, is that this one that's coming, he stands up, but his might and his power is not human. It's not by his own power. He, he becomes possessed. And once he is, verse 24 of Daniel chapter 8 says, he shall destroy wonderfully. He shall prosper and practice. And then it says this, he shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. That's exactly what the book of Revelation reveals that he will do. Who are the mighty and the holy people? It is Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 through 7. Can you read that to us, Brother Jeremy? I think it's 5 through 7. Uh, Revelation chapter 5. I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 13. 13, okay. 13, verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. Is that it, Brother? Yes. Okay. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Verse 7? Yes. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So verse 7, it talks about what he goes to do. It's given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. That's what we have seen here in verse 24 of Daniel chapter 8. It says again, he comes to power, but not by his own power. It's satanic power that infuses a particular political leader. He transitions from being just a mere man to one completely possessed by the beast from the bottomless pit. Once that occurs, he then goes and, and in an aggressive warlike manner, he begins to prosper in everything he does. He ties the world up in economic, economically. He, he begins to destroy militarily and take control. But then it says, he will destroy the mighty and the holy people. That's what was just revealed there in Revelation chapter 13, verse 7. He goes to make war with the saints and to overcome them. It's given to him. It's a brief period of time, a 42-month period of time, where, where the church will be subjected to this wicked one. But we talked about it yesterday in Isaiah, where we, where we discussed and had revealed to us there, where we were told not to be afraid of him because it is the Lord himself that will come and rescue his church. But for a brief period of time, this one, this is what Daniel is seeing. He's going to be allowed uh, to, to do this, to make uh, war and destroy the mighty and the holy people. This includes uh, the, the, the saved amongst uh, Israel and the saved in the church, both Jew and Gentile, one church, mighty and holy people. Verse 25, Brother Jeremy, can you read that, chapter 8? And through... His policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. 
and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. Praise God. So again, Daniel's being carried and having revealed to him the conclusion of the matter. Understand, this is coming. He identifies it at the end time. It's made known to him what he's going to do, how he's going to act, what's going to happen, who's going to be, uh, you know, the, the whole world's going to come up underneath this dude. And, and, and then it says, verse 25, it says that through his policy, so it's a political policy that he causes craft to prosper in his hand. It's, it's a global reset, yes, of a military nature, of a, of a legal lawmaking nature, but also of an economic nature. It's a policy of, 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 of the satanic because it's designed uh, to, to take all the wealth of the world. And it will be given to him. We know that from the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 11 through 18, when it begins to specifically deal with the economics of this global reset that's coming. Now, what's, what's powerful there in, in the middle of verse 25 is that he's going to actually fight against the Lord, right? It says he'll magnify himself in his heart by peace, which we'll look at on Monday at length. He shall destroy many. But also, what? He's going to stand up against the prince of princes. Take a look at that in Revelation chapter, I believe it was 19, verse 20, was it, Brother Jeremy? Could you read that to us? And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So that's what the Lord's going to do to him. He's going to destroy him. But before that, what we read in Daniel, I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong verse. What Daniel said was, he shall stand up against the prince of princes. That's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's what we see in Revelation 19.19. 19. He stands against the Lord. Read that. When the Lord returns, this is what he's going to do. He's going to actually try and prevent him from uh, from coming back to the earth. He's going to actually try and stop the Lord from returning to the earth. Verse 19. Can you read that? And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. That's Revelation 19. The Lord has returned. This is his second coming. Daniel's revealing, having that revealed to him in verse 25 uh, of chapter 8 of the book of Daniel, where it says he will stand up against the prince of princes. That's what we see in Revelation 19.19. 19. He stands up against the prince of princes. And, and then it says, but he shall be broken, praise God, without hand. In other words, Jesus ain't going to fight this guy. Paul reveals that, right? In 2 Thessalonians, could you read that to us, Brother Jeremy? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Paul says the same thing, and I believe he drew uh, his understanding and enlightenment as the Spirit of God gave it to him from these scriptures that we're looking at right now. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Yeah. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth 
and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. All is re- referencing the Antichrist, the king of fierce countenance, as Daniel calls him, the Assyrian, as, as, as Isaiah calls him, who also said that the Lord would come in vengeance and destroy him. Uh, and here Paul says, he's not going to touch him. He's not going to fight with him. He'll consume him with the spirit of his mouth. All the Lord has to do is speak it. Verse 8. And he'll destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Go ahead, brother. Uh, I have a question. Can this also be linked uh, to the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had about the image, you know, that represents all the empires? And at the end, there's like a stone or rock that comes and smashes without hands, right? Sure. Can it be yeah. a reference to that? Well, it's, yeah, it's it's a it's it's the stone that is uh, taken out of the mountain of heaven, right? Without hands. Without hands. That's what that, That's right. Yeah, without hands. Yes, uh, it, which means that it's not a hu- it's not of human origin, right? Uh, this stone that smites the image that you're referring to in, in Daniel chapter two um, is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's Daniel. He's Amen. David's uh, uh, stone in his sling that hit Goliath, right? He's the stone that Daniel saw cut out of the mountain uh, without hands. That's what it literally means, is that, that he's not of human origin. He, he's from heaven. He's from the mountain of God. He appears at the end of time to hit the image on the, on its feet, grind it to powder, and cast it away. It's the same thing. He returns to destroy this king of fierce countenance that Daniel's talking about. But I find it really cool how Paul put it. He'll destroy him with the spirit of his mouth, and the brightness, just his mere appearance, uh, destroys him. You're talking about a light that Paul talked about that outshines the sun. <laughs> you know? And 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 when he appears, he he tells Daniel he's going to be destroyed without hand. Now listen, let's go to verse 26 as we close today. Uh, Sue, it Can says, verse 26? "Yes, and and the vision of the evening and the morning." Which was which was told is true. Wherefore shut up, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. Again, he reemphasizes to Daniel, this isn't for your time, but I'm allowing you to see the end of time, which has come to rest in our days. What's comforting in this is what we were just reading, is that what Daniel is being showed is is all going to be wrapped up and consummated in a 42 month period. That's what the book of uh, Revelation teaches us, that's what the book of Daniel teaches us later on, that it's going to be for a three and a half year period, 42 months. But it will culminate with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Assyrian is destroyed by the anointing, right? That's the Lord, the appearance of the Lord. Uh, the 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 king of fierce countenance here is destroyed by the prince of princes. Uh, and in, and in, uh, in Revelation chapter 19, 19 and 20, he's destroyed by the second coming of of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 7 and 8, which you just read, he's destroyed by the Lord's second coming, the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. He won't have to lift a hand. He will destroy him by mere decree. That's powerful. So listen, <clears throat> then Daniel's vision is concluded. And it's very interesting what he shares here, how he shares the vision was given. The vision of the evening, right, Verse 26, and the yes. vision of the, of the evening and the morning. So he identifies this vision as beginning at night, twilight into the darkness. 
because that's what happens, right? It begins with Antichrist, but it ends in the morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> that's what he's saying. It ends with the morning. It doesn't begin with the morning and just goes into horrible darkness. It may start in darkness, but when it's over, it's the morning time. Hallelujah. The Prince of Princes coming and has destroyed him with the brightness of his coming. That's what he says, and that's what is revealed to him. Now, again, based on what we're talking about and the spirit of it, what's being revealed to us in the pattern of these things is that end-time Daniel-like church needs to know that a year before the destruction of the global power, which lasted in it in its height a mere 70 years, when it really reached its fullness, was about a 70-year period. Uh, a year before it, it is culminated, God reveals to Daniel that it's about to be removed and that king of fierce countenance is coming. And so what we're saying is that we believe we've reached that time. Now, we're not going to be able to cross every T and dot every I in this matter because God knows. But the patterns are beginning to emerge where they begin to unfold before the spiritually discerning in our time to say, my goodness, we could very well be seeing the same pattern, not only just revealed, but actually fulfilled in our times. And it alerts us to the fact <clears throat> that we are nearing the time that Daniel has just revealed and that those days are now alerting us that the coming of the prince of princes, the king of kings, the lord of lords is at hand. It starts in the evening. It ends in the morning. Now listen to this. This is something really interesting. And it's just something that I, I think is very unique and interesting. Verse 27. Could you read that, Brother Chairman? And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. You know, what's fascinating to me, and I'm just going to say this because it's interesting. As he's beginning to have all this unfolded to him, and, and then he understands what's coming, it's interesting, but he faints, and enters into some days of sickness. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. It's interesting. A year before Babylon's destroyed. Mm -hmm. ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it is it possible? And, you know, it's just 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 for my own amusement. Uh, that it's a foreshadow of, of 2020. And that God's people are already having revealed to them a year in advance what the culmination of that year would be. Yes. And that they would be subjected to a sickness. Oh. And it would be astonishing. Now listen... Mm -hmm. What happens? I'm just now. I'm not saying that's God. I'm just saying that's pretty interesting, man. <laughs> so, uh, so no, because this is this most concealed truth. After having the revelation of the Antichrist, right? He knows he's coming, and he knows it's gonna it's gonna culminate with the return of the Lord. Then something really interesting happens. Daniel's 
you know, prophecies, his book, the prophecy of the book of Daniel, it transitions into chapter 9. And that's where we started. Brother Jeremy, could you read verse 1 and 2 to it? In the first year of Darius, the son of Asherus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So this is really incredible. Again, listen to this, what, what's now happening. It's, it's the conclusion of, of the Babylonian time. And, and what's interesting, again, like we were just talking about, and I'm just saying it's interesting, and I just throw it out there, man. You guys can do with it whatever you want. But, again, the, the, the revelation of the Antichrist is revealed to him, uh, and, and, and it happens a year before the transition of power, before the global Babylonian empire is brought down. It, it's one year before that. And he's subjected to a sickness in that year. And... Uh, it, you know, it, 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 he, he, he rises up after it and does the king's business. And, and he talks about how, how he was astonished at the vision, but he didn't really understand it. And, and, and that, that in many senses is a fitting conclusion to what we've been talking about uh, in verse 827 there before we get to one and two, because it is, it is very similar in many ways, to what we're seeing unfold in our time, what the church has been subjected to, what the spiritually discerning have begun to see and not fully understand yet is what is being shown to it by the Holy Spirit is it's quite conceivable, but that this king of fierce countenances is coming. And it's a year before uh, the destruction of the Babylonian Empire. 2020 is very similar to these events that we're describing. Daniel, as a foreshadow of the end-time church, is is subjected uh, to something that, that he calls a sickness for, for many days. But then he kind of like gets his bearings together, and, and, and he, he rises up and begins to do the king's business, but he's still astonished and not really understanding what it is that he's sensing, though he has an idea of it. He doesn't really understand it yet. And so... <clears throat> When it happens, what he begins to understand in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, is something uh, that I think is also going to be made and is being made known to his church right now. And it's what he said in verse 2. He said, I understood by books that the captivity was coming to an end. That's what he's referencing. He understood by the prophet Jeremiah that 70 years had been uh, was about to be fulfilled and that that the people of God were about to be delivered and brought back to Jerusalem. Oh, see. <laughs> and brought back mm. to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. But look, this is what the Lord told me this morning. Uh, that that here what we see is something very interesting. It, 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 Daniel is now, after understanding what's coming, it's also now being revealed to him uh, that <laughs> that the captivity is almost over. But 
understand that the information now that's about to be given to him is not given to him by some sense, some feeling, some vision. It's now going to be given to him by the reading of the scriptures. Can you read verse 2 again, brother? In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So now what we're being told by the Holy Spirit is, okay, at this time, all this stuff's going to be suddenly dawning on you guys. He says, but now you have to take another lesson from Daniel here because the transition is going to take place. Uh, You're going to have an understanding that your captivity is almost over. You're about to go to your heavenly Jerusalem. And you're going to understand that clearer and clearer, not by some arbitrary means, but specifically by searching the scriptures of the prophets and holy apostles that were given by the Holy Spirit. That's what Daniel did. He began, he said, and 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 understood by the books of the prophet Jeremiah. And in our case, right, you know, it's it's the writings of the prophets and the holy apostles. As Daniel did, so the Holy Spirit, by recording the writings in the manner they rec- are recorded in Daniel, he's revealing, number one, a church in this end time, by study, will understand that their captivity is almost over. See, the light of the scriptures is going to be open to us. And number two, we need and must take uh, Daniel's example uh, uh, of what he did and apply it to our times right now. That's what's being revealed here. It's going to be found in the scriptures. That's why Jesus said, don't listen to these false Christs, right? He's over here, he's over there. You know, they'll deceive many, signs and wonders, all that stuff. No, Daniel anchors himself in the word. And in so doing, he's assisted by the Spirit of God to understand something, that God's people are about to be let out of captivity soon and return to Jerusalem. In our case, (laughs) it's the heavenly Jerusalem. And so when Daniel understood by books, and when this began to really dawn on him, what does he do, Brother Jeremy, in verse 3? And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel began to seek by prayer. He knew that Jesus was coming, so to speak. We are going to know, and we're knowing, we're sensing it. And we're going to understand it more as we do what he did. We need to search the scriptures. That's what he did. And as he did, he he didn't just search the scriptures for whatever reason. He was searching specifically the scriptures to understand the times, and he understood it through the words of the prophets. Like, we're searching right now, humbly so we pray by the Spirit of God, both the writings of the holy prophets and apostles. That's what Peter commanded us to do. Would you read that to us, Brother Jeremy, in in, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, I think it is? 2 Peter chapter 3. Yes. Uh, verse uh, verse 1 and uh, and 
in verse uh, verse one through three. Read that. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. And then read verse 4 to us. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So what we see here is very much what what the Holy keeping what the Holy Spirit's revealing to us today. Daniel did exactly what Peter commands us to do. He was mindful of the words that were spoken before in his generation of the holy prophets. That's Jeremiah. That's what he went to look at. Uh, and, and of course, he was he was a contemporary with Jeremiah as a child. He was carried off into captivity at the times of the prophet Jeremiah. So he went back and read what Jeremiah had revealed to him by the Lord, and he understood our captivity is almost over. Peter does the same thing here. He says, when the last days arrive, he says, you need to be mindful of the words, specifically of the words that were given by the prophets, the holy prophets, and the commandments of the apostles of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then he emphasizes why, because many people are going to start to mock and, and say, where is his promise? Where is his, his coming? They're going to walk after their own lust. He's talking about the compromised church here. And he's going to say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, that's how we know this is the compromised church. But you see, the reason that Peter emphasizes being mindful of the words, the scriptures of the holy prophets and apostles, is because of what he reveals here in verse 4. There's a group of people who have no clue. They're saying everything's the same since the beginning, precisely because they're not mindful of the words of the prophets. So they will have absolutely no idea what's going on. But like Daniel, there will be those who, and that's what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, is that in these times, he goes, you better go to the word like Daniel did. And what's going to be made known to you is what Paul said, is that day is coming and that that day should not come upon you unaware. You are not in darkness. You are in the light. That's what Brother Jeremy quoted the other day. And, and, and so what happens when he begins to seek, he understands the, that this is leading to the captivity being over. We're about to go back to Jerusalem. In our case, we're headed to the heavenly Jerusalem. But we need to take note of how the flow of this takes place because that's what the Holy Spirit is revealing. Daniel began to seek by prayer now. He studied and he prayed. And what he did was begin to implore the Lord to come and to rescue his people, to indeed open the door. That is exactly what we see in the book of Revelation is going to happen when we're told that the Spirit and the bride say to the Lord, return quickly, Lord. He began in earnest to pray, right? Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, he, Daniel, um, took and, and this is this is very important for you that are listening in order to understand the things that daniel saw that he wrote you have to understand how they came to him daniel took extreme measures spiritual extreme measures to seek god 
right? Again, the, the kind of level of, of seeking and revelation, it's, it's there for everybody, but, it, but it's not for the ordinary or the average right. kind of Christian walk. Yeah. Remember, the Bible, the Bible says concerning Daniel that he had an excellent spirit, and, and the king said that he had excellent wisdom. That word excellent literally means extraordinary, extreme. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the kind of pursuit that's going to be needed to fully understand where we're at, where we're headed, and to understand the writings of Daniel. Right? This is this is go- this is going to be revealed to people that have excellent spirits, not that they've achieved that on their own. But is that right. they set aside their life and consecrated themselves unto the Lord, and it is the grace of God that gives this kind of spirit to His people in the last days. That's why you said yeah. earlier that Daniel represents an end time church that's going to have this excellent spirit, that's going to have this kind of excellent wisdom. It's extreme. It's not for the average or the ordinary Christian, right? We're talking right. at higher levels that if you weren't walking with God before the pandemic, chances are you're not going to understand a lot of the things we're saying. But by the grace of God, <laughs> the, the Lord the Lord has you here, you know, listening to this podcast. And not that we've achieved anything. You no. know, we're we're trying to find a way. We're applying yeah. ourselves. Amen. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're trying to apply ourselves like Daniel did in, in reading the book particular Jeremiah and saying, wait a minute, you know, where are we at now and yeah. concerning prophetic uh, history and, and how is it repeating itself in our time? Where are we at today? You know, so again, um, this is where we're, where we're getting into. It's this kind of walk, this kind of pursuit. It's extreme to those who, who are uh, compromised, Right. But it's yeah. what it's going to take to endure and to finish. That's power. Yeah, that's really powerful, brother, because uh, that's precisely right. And 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 what I take you know heart from here uh, is is how Daniel. And this is where we're going to pick it up on Monday. This is part one of of of, of a podcast series, but and that's why I want to call it. I understood by books because once Daniel transitioned out of out of the decline of the Babylonian Empire into a global reset, it is then that he began in earnest what you're talking about to understand we've reached a critical a point of critical mass and 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 as the end time church metaphor through the life of the prophet Daniel, he witnessed the rise of the Antichrist, the implementation of the whole global system that is predicted, and he also uh, reveals how the persecution of the church will will begin in earnest for a brief period of time that will culminate with the coming of the Lord. That's an understood thing in spirit. He then transitions into that little (laughs) side note we took there where he, in that year, undergoes a sickness, undergoes a virus, if you will. But then he 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 he's not really sure at everything that he sees because he says, I I I saw it, I sense it, I, it was revealed to me, but I don't understand it. And then he transitions in chapter nine into seeking God at a deeper level, precisely by going to the scriptures, and then it's revealed to him. 
my God, my captivity is almost over. I'm going to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. <laughs> and and then what happens is what Brother Fernando said so beautifully there is he begins in earnest to pray, seeking first and foremost by sincere repentance for himself. Because when you read his prayer, and that's what we're going to go through on Monday, and then really dig into this, because an additional information was given to us that we have to pay attention to now, because it's our time in which these things are about to be fulfilled. But we'll talk more about that on Monday. But I want to you know, close with this, that what Brother Fernando was just saying. He began to go into a level of seeking God, that, and, and, and which first began with just him. See, that's where I draw comfort. Because we take an example from Daniel that as he prayed, and we'll look a little bit at that prayer on Monday, Lord willing, by the grace of God, if that's the direction we continue to go. But he began to seek by sincere repentance for his people, for the church, for those he loved that he was with, and for himself. He didn't, like, separate himself from them. He understood the condition the people were in. And he understood that it could very well be, I like how Brother Wilkerson once put it, it was as if he was the only man on the planet who understood where they were at. And so he set himself to pray, <laughs> you know, as well, if it, it seems, depended. It seems, it, seems to ind- it seems to indicate that. It might know, well. Um, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, you know, because it doesn't mention anybody else that would seek right. God at that level. Um, right. You know, it, 70 years in captivity, you imagine most of, the, the 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 you know the children of God had had grown accustomed to Babylon and maybe compromised yes. and yes. and completely forgotten like the prophecies of Jeremiah. I mean I mean think about it. It oh. took them some sixty nine years to finally say, wait a minute, let me read the book of Jeremiah in this way. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And this is Daniel. And, 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 and this is Daniel now. Yes, and if anything, maybe there was an Ezra, maybe, you know, but what what we see in that, because, you know, Daniel prayed and the captivity came and they went back to Jerusalem. That's a type of the second coming of the Lord and our gathering unto our heavenly Jerusalem. But also remember, like you pointed out, it seems like he was the only one, which in many measures is revealing to us uh, only a, a remnant, right? <laughs> it's always only a remnant. Uh, well, at the very least. At the very least, to go back uh, with something you said at the beginning of the podcast, Brother Marty, was that Daniel, let's see him as a foreshadow of the church. So at the very least, those that are listening, uh, take time this weekend to read chapter 9. Because I I believe that's as as what we're saying. It's a template on how to approach God as the people of God. When you're going to see, and I think we'll, we'll be able to get into some details when we study next week. Uh, of how he approached God, you know, and yes. and the, the process, the order, and how he did it. So at the very least, we have a template here that has been left for us on how to approach God, how this end-time church, cause that's what we're speaking about. Daniel is a yes. type, a foreshadow of an end-time church. So at the very least, let's read it and, 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 and begin to study it at a much profound level of what He's saying, not just what he's saying, in the manner he's approaching God, in the order he's doing it, what is he appealing to, you know, and all these wonderful details that uh, uh, can really help us and open our eyes to approach God in that manner in this hour. Amen. And so, you know, again, that's that's really well said. 
Um, that is precisely it. You know, as the Daniels of the of our brothers begin to understand, and and we pray ourselves as well, truly. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will move us. Let us take that example, move us to set ourselves by prayer. I know, just as I am worried about my loved ones, uh, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, people I love, neighbors I have, you know, friends that I know that aren't necessarily saved, but I, w- I want them to be saved, you know. This is This is the attitude that Daniel took. He understood we're nearing the time of our release. These things that I have had revealed to me are going to happen, but uh, you know, but but what that literally means is we're about to see the king. We're about to go to our heavenly Jerusalem in our case, as they were about to go back to Jerusalem, and and so what he began to do was set himself to pray. And when we look, he begins to 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 go over a whole list of things, but primarily he's he's taking responsibility for everyone he loves. For the whole church, incredible, as we must do for our families and loved ones. But he starts with himself. He, in verse 4, he says, and I'll just close it with this. He says, I prayed unto the Lord my God, and I made my confession. I made my confession. He started with himself. What? I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, Daniel, uh, the Lord said if there was Job and Noah and Daniel, that's the only people he'd leave alive (laughs) when he was going to judge Jerusalem, right? So the fact that this great, you know, man of God, I can't even, I don't even have the adjectives. He's a type of Jesus, really, the intercessor, the great intercessor. Um, he, He said, I made my confession first, and then he begins to pray for all of them. He says, we have sinned, you know, and, and he approached God on that matter. Um, so today we'll, we'll leave it there, man. We, we, we'll we return, Lord willing, on Monday, and we'll see incredible things that the Lord showed his prophet. For what what he's showing, what he was showing his prophet, he, he, he's, he was shown our times, really. That's what he showed him was our times. And we know, and and so many, so do so many others. I know it's happening all over the world. I read reports, testimonies. Uh, I got a beautiful uh, email from a young man, or a text message from a young man yesterday, of how God uh, has gotten a hold of his heart and what he actually sees happening in our country. He's a young man; he's in his early twenties, and uh, it was profound what he wrote. And he said, "You know what? I think." He goes, "I think I, I really sense that we are entering the days of." of what Jeremiah said, you know, that we've reached that point. It was really just amazing, a 20-year-old, you know. And and, and so so I know that so many others are, are understanding we're nearing the end and that our captivity is almost over. But let us ask God for the grace to prepare our own hearts by prayer mm-hmm. and, the, and that horrible word that no one likes to hear, fasting. <laughs> however that works out for us right uh, so so we so we uh let us ask god for that grace so that we can be ready when he appears soon and, and like i know you all say i say even so return quickly lord jesus we pray we've left you with some thoughts for the weekend every day is so volatile right now um god help us uh to keep ourselves and 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 be quick uh to run to him when you need him. And uh, and let us hope that we have the strength to make no provision for the flesh, right? 
these aren't the days to be stupid. But even if you do something stupid, I'm trying, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> you know, just run to him and say, God help me. Make your confession before him. He will not give up on you. He loves you. And and, and, and this is the time. The Holy Spirit is going to finish what, what he started. And before our Lord returns, uh, we will be that glorious church that Brother Jeremy mentioned yesterday. God bless you. We love you. And uh, brothers, anything else to say before we close? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we're going to the great, weekend. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Amen. Have, have a, a great good. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend, and, and and take this. You know, let me let me speak to you with with the shepherd's heart to let you know, whatever God is going to do. Sometimes we hear these things, and we we say, "I wish this person should hear it." This other person, no. Let it begin in you. Seek the Lord wholeheartedly. Let him begin in your life. Then he'll deal with your wife. He'll deal with your husband. He'll deal with your kids. But it has to start somewhere. And simply, like Daniel did, it's it's a mindset that you have to have. I will seek his face. As he sought these things, do it. Set your mind with the help and the grace of the Holy Spirit as you go forward. As my brothers have said, we pray you have a good weekend and that you've been encouraged by the word of God. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Keep looking up. We love you.